Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And Bonnie, first off, we have to say congratulations. You graduated yesterday from college. Congratulations, my friend. Got my bachelor's degree. No more homework for me for now, unless I decide to go back, which I'm sure I will. But right now, no homework. Woo! Congratulations. Uh, For those of... Um, those of you guys that listen to the show, you know that Bonnie went to OU, um, has a degree in meteorology from Rose State, but what is your bachelor degree in? Organizational leadership, which is just like a fancy way to say management. So, Which is good, because you need yeah. to know how to manage people. Right, because they're everywhere. So That is true. And so I got it. Well, congratulations. I'm super proud of you. Seriously, I'm really proud <laughs> of you. Thank you. So, Thank you. Uh, Bonnie graduated this weekend. I caught up on sleep after a very, very long week of working jobs one and two. So, uh, yeah, we're back at it. Uh, our new stickers came in. So those are yes. legitimately sweet. There are uh, our uh, cutouts of our logo. So um, if you guys would like one of those, we're asking a dollar. We will... Uh, post here in the next couple days how to get your hands on those uh so yeah we're excited those look awesome bonnie i will get your half in the mail this week and uh you'll get them soon awesome yeah i love them they are you know what i like them better than the round ones i mean i love the round ones and i put one on my car but i love how that one's cut out it looks pretty sweet yeah me too and i i the round ones are a little bit bigger than the cutout logos and that's that's you know equally as awesome but you know it's just nice to have something that we can call merch (laughs) Right. We have two different merches yes, we right do. now. We're swimming in merch. We are. So come on, people, order something. Yes. You need to fund Bonnie and I's uh, Christmas party fund. Exactly. Which will, which will be just us taping a show. <laughs> right. But like a Christmas-themed show. Yes. We will have music and eggnog and presents and everything. <laughs> I don't like eggnog, though. You don't like – how do you not like eggnog? Because I'm not weird. Oh, so people who like eggnog are weird. Correct. Wow. <laughs> you know what? I'll be honest. I've never tried it, but it just looks so weird. It looks... Oh, hold up here. Hold up here. Hold up here. So you're going to openly mock eggnog and then tell me you've never tried it? Wait, what does it taste like? Does it taste like milk? No. What does it taste like? Uh, it tastes like cinnamon and goodness and lots of things. What kind of alcohol do you put in it? You don't have to put any in it. Yeah, but isn't it better with alcohol? Well, if you want to spike it, yeah. But How at do that you point, spike you, it? you put like non-flavored vodka in it. I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, I, I'm 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 not a big alcohol guy to begin with, so I'm not sure how to properly spike eggnog. I can do some research real quick, <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, can I just drink hot chocolate instead of eggnog? Sure, if you totally want to, you can I totally do. do that. Okay. So if Extra we'll marshmallows? Go, perfect. Okay. Sweet. And you know, if you wait long enough, the heat actually melts the marshmallows into one giant marshmallow. Yes, and it's all foamy and stuff. Yes. Oh, sounds good. Yes. All right. Well, that will be our Christmas party coming up on an upcoming edition of B Squared, your <laughs> weekly weather and our Christmas 
Body thinks I'm crazy because I drink eggnog. Great. <laughs> no, no judgment. Seriously, I know yeah. I just judged you, but no judgment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're a judgment-free zone. With exactly. An asterisk, except between the hours <laughs> of eleven. Yeah, except between the hours of eleven fifty-nine a.m. and eleven fifty-nine p.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like really, it's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> we we only judge you on bankers' hours. Yeah, see, so it's good. So it really is judgment-free. That is true. Um, But speaking of weird judgments this week, uh, (laughs) not a whole lot happening weather-wise. We obviously had the nor'easter kind of blow through the northeastern part of the U.S., left a lot of snow. Um, Really kind of cool to see that officially kick off. But um, some storms in the south. But other than that, it's been kind of quiet. Yeah, quiet and really not very cold. It's been pretty mild for us. Kind of chilly in the morning and like overnight, but really nothing. Like today we're cloudy, 66 is the high. It's December and the high is 66. So I'm not really sure what's going on here, but either it's going to be a mild winter or like January and February is going to come in with some serious wrath. Right. Um, You know, most of the long-term models that I've looked at across the nation say, you know, the East Coast is going to get back into that colder, um, you know, big temperature changes ahead according to different, you know, whatever source you want to look at. Um, But the Northeast heats up, and I say that with relative terms. I mean, temperatures above freezing into the, you know, the 30s or whatever. and, you know, it's going to take some of the snowpack out that just fell with the last nor'easter, which is fine. Um, you know, they go through these seasonal changes where, you know, you get a big snowstorm and then, you know, right behind it, you get a nice little heat wave where temperatures get above freezing and melts off some of the snow. And, uh, you know, you're looking at that again. But um, air of high pressure is going to come in, more Canadian cold air um, blasts through the eastern two-thirds parts of the country. So uh, winter in full effect, there's just not a whole lot, you know coming right now and i really hope that that changes you know i mean i want some snow i, I want some cold actually and right. remember last year how cold it was and oh, yeah. how long it was cold like bitter cold it was like that into like march or april yep. almost and this year we're still chilling in the 60s yeah well it's crazy you know if you look at the comparisons of you know forecasted temperatures on monday um, up and down the East Coast, New York will be 56, 54 D.C., uh, Atlanta 64, Memphis 65, Dallas 72, close to your 62, um, and that's just on Monday. And then you look at, you know, the temperatures that they're forecasting for later. Uh, lows start to dip down into Dallas will be around freezing on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oklahoma City, same thing. Um, you know, New York, their their high low or their low temperatures this week. I have no idea what that was. It doesn't matter. <laughs> My computer's talking to me. Um, Something so, about gloves. Yeah, we'll just we'll mute that and call it good. But um, you look at New York's forecasted low temperatures for Tuesday, 55, okay? That's sleep with a window open, no blankets on the bed, everything's good. And then the temperature plummets. 34 is a low Wednesday, 25 on Thursday. Wow. Yeah. Bismarck, That's a pretty serious swing. Oh, yeah. Bismarck, North Dakota, which is a great booming town. Their low temperature is negative 7, <gasps> negative 12, and then they warm up 14 degrees to 2 degrees above zero. Oh, <laughs> slow down. Break out the flip-flops. Right? It's a downright tropical heat wave. So, <laughs> you know, National Weather Service, Weather Channel, everybody's saying, you know, 
Arctic air is on its way, and you know forecast models have been trending at that for a while. So, you know, we look at it, and that's what's going to be. Temperatures are going to drop uh, as much as 30 degrees in some cities. The worst of the cold conditions impact the upper Midwest and northern plains, which is nothing new. We're pretty used to that. Um, so temperatures in the Midwest and the South will drop anywhere from 10 to 20 degrees. So, yeah, cold's coming. Yeah. Cold's coming now. We just got to get some precip with it. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. I hope that that happens, but I don't see it happening in us. We have no chance of any precipitation over the next week. We're going to cool down a little bit into the fifties, upper forties. So that'll be nice. A little cloudy here and there, but I mean, we're, I mean, nothing. Yeah, that's not a enchilada. Yeah, that's your moderating uh, temperatures there from the cold air from your Arctic air. So, um, WPC, the Weather Prediction Center from National Weather Service, sent out a tweet, gosh, a couple of days ago. It said the coldest wind chills valid for Thursday, December twelfth. So, um, fast forward four days. You want to take a stab at the lowest wind chill? What the temperature uh, will be? Six. How about minus 30? Oh, my God. Wow. Mm-hmm. Parts of upstate Minnesota. And uh, looks like right on the border of Wisconsin and Minnesota will be at minus 30. Um, pretty much an area from South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, and Wisconsin will all be in the you know minus 20 range to upper minus teen range. Chicago gets down to minus 1. Green Bay, minus 16. Milwaukee, minus 11. Um, Kansas City looks like 20. Uh, Topeka, Kansas, 11. Uh, Denver, Colorado, 12. Uh, random middle of nowhere, Wyoming, 7 below. Uh, random middle of nowhere. Gosh. Oh, here's one for you. I don't know what city it is, but I'm just going to take a guess. I'm going to say it's Decatur, Illinois. That's probably not right, but I'm going to say it. Uh, they have a minus zero wind chill. <laughs> that sounds like an irrational number. I believe it is, yes. Okay. Which is fine, because if you look at the map and then you go into the uh, panhandle, not the panhandle of Oklahoma, but the base of Nebraska, there is uh-huh. a one degree and then a zero degree. Not negative zero, but just zero. So. Good. Yeah. Because zero is a number, right? right? Yeah, zero is a number, I believe, but I don't know. Can you have a? You can't have a negative zero, right? Right. That is irrational. So that that can't be good. If you have an irrational wind chill, that's probably deadly or something. Uh, I just typed into Google: Is negative zero a thing? (laughs) And Google said, "Cannot compute." Um. A common definition of negative is less than zero. So in this sense, zero isn't a negative nor positive or for a similar reason. But this says there is a negative zero. It happens to be equal to the normal zero for each real number. We have a number such as. So, um, yeah, I mean, you could have it. You can obtain a negative zero as certain computations. For instance, the result of um, arithmetic underflow of a negative number of minus one times 0.0, or simply as minus 0.0. In IEEE 754 decimal floating point encoding, a negative zero is represented by an exponent being any valid exponent in the range for the encoding. The significant being zero, the sign bit being one. So 
if you're coding, yes, you can have a minus zero, but um, it has no value associated with it, so it could not be equivalent to negative zero. Next, there's no such thing as negative zero. Zero is no sign. So it's ne uh, negative nor positive. So there we go. So basically, negative zero degrees is not a, a there's not, that's not a, that there's that, no temperature there. Yeah, so it's the same, <laughs> uh, it's the same as basically being, you know, zero, so. Um, do you know what temperature hypothermia begins to affect your body at? Negative zero? <laughs> well, at that point, <laughs> you're probably dead. Um, just a thought, but uh, no, 95 degrees. When your body temperature drops two to four degrees, that's the onset of um, hypothermia. Isn't that crazy? That like is. that's not very many degrees, but like no. But they say that if your body temperature goes above a hundred, you have a fever, right? Yeah, so, I mean above ninety eight point six, you have a fever. But it's once you get into like the hundred and two, hundred and three range that it's like getting really dangerous. Yeah, and you think that's just a five degree swing. And yeah. but you go five degrees the other way, you're in a hypothermic state. So it's just crazy that just that little dip. Oh, I almost yeah. said temperature temperance. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a college graduate. <laughs> I know, but you know what? Since I'm done, I turned my brain off for right. today. So I'm well educated. <laughs> yeah, I am educated. As you should be. So. <laughs> Uh, no, but I just think that's crazy that that little bit of change makes all the difference in oh, yeah. freezing to death or boiling alive. And, you know, it's <laughs> it's one of those things where we look at it and it's just like hey, we definitely take it for granted, right? Yeah. You know, okay, yeah, there, sure. there are days where we are, you know, we go outside and we probably don't wear enough, you know, warm clothing or we go outside and we don't look at the forecast and, you know, it's 75 degrees and we have a sweater on and a sweatshirt and five minutes later you're drenched in sweat, so... Yeah. And that's the deal is like we can get our body temperature up or down a little bit, but right. then we can adjust it and fix it. But then there's times where it's too far gone. You're too hot or too cold and there's not a lot of bringing it back. Right. And it just takes a lot of time to do that. So, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> think about how long it takes to unfreeze a pound of ground beef on the counter. You know, it takes all day. So, right. I mean, it takes a long time for all this person to warm up or cool down. Right. Uh, so, you know, we follow a lot of the National Weather Service offices across the country um, on our Twitter account at Weather Podcast. And I know you and I follow a lot more on our personal ones. Well, my friends from the National Weather Service Portland office just tweeted out, gosh, uh, just about 20 minutes ago. It says, noon, low clouds indicated by these indigo colors continue to linger over much of northwest Oregon and southwest Washington, but beginning to see breakup in spots. So do not be surprised to see a little sunshine later this afternoon, which would be great because it's been dreary and gray and drizzly and rainy the last you know 48 hours. So we're looking at this. Um, we're there. Basically, they have a ghost west satellite image, and it's mm -hmm. a loop of the low clouds, and you can see them. And so then they go on to ask, any guesses what the green colors depict in this Ghost West satellite imagery? So then you go through and you look at the comments. Jeff Forgeron, who is a meteorologist at the Fox affiliate, says snow, which would be correct. Guy on Twitter, Andy Eats Worms, says they indicate farts. <laughs> well, of course. Kelly says they indicate aliens. 
<laughs> and Emily Strickland says, weed question mark. <laughs> yeah, go fix up all the weed. Oh, my Lord. This is why. Oh. Oh. Jeez. <laughs> I've, you know, you know, <laughs> I, I don't feel bad for my National Weather Service friends, but you guys asked for it. <laughs> Sometimes public interaction is just not a good thing. <laughs> and hopefully they were just being funny and they weren't really guessing. I would you know? hope so, but nah, I, I know some of the people that follow that account. They're not that they're they legitimately that's our guess. <laughs> uh, farts, <laughs> right? And weed. Yep. Weed farts. No, oh, oh, those are the worst. <laughs> I can't even. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Oh, man. See, leave the weather predicting up to the professionals, people. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, like you said, you graduated on Saturday, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> I slept through most of Saturday, which was not awesome. But we got to give uh, shout-outs to our schools. Uh, the University of Oregon beat down Utah uh, to win the Pac-12 championship. They're headed off to the Rose Bowl to take on Wisconsin again. Um seems every time we go to the Rose Bowl, it's either Penn State or Wisconsin. But I believe the last time we were in the Rose Bowl, uh, we beat down Wisconsin. So when we played Good. Them. Yeah. That was the year that Russell Wilson transferred from North Carolina State to Wisconsin and came in and uh, Oregon uh, dispatched them relatively quickly. So that was good. <laughs> good. Yeah. And then yesterday, uh, our Oklahoma Sooners um, took care of Baylor again. In overtime, Classic. a little bit closer than it probably should have been, but hey, that's that's okay. Uh, and now the Oklahoma Sooners are fourth in the college football playoff. They are headed to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl to take on the number one ranked LSU Tigers in the college football playoff semifinal. So if they can get past LSU, which they could, um, they would be playing for a national championship. Dang, no pressure or anything. Yeah, not at all. But I will say this. The guy that you guys have playing quarterback, Jalen Hurts, uh, mm -hmm. he's been there before. He's won a championship before with Alabama, who unfortunately won't be in the college football playoff this year because they were terrible and <laughs> finished 13th in the rankings. So, yeah, no, no love lost there for the SEC. Right. But totally stoked for Oklahoma. It's great. Um, you get one, at least one more game, hopefully two, and uh, we'll see. But speaking of Alabama, they'll be playing my Michigan Wolverines in the Citrus Bowl. The Citrus Bowl. Right. Still my all-time. Right. Still my all-time favorite name though for a bowl game was the Salad Bowl. I kid you not. <laughs> uh, what about like the Punch Bowl? Um, there was a Punch Bowl, I believe. Um. Let me look here. There is a place out here on the West Coast. I don't know if you guys have an Oklahoma called Punch Bowl Social. No. But you can go bowling and have dinner and play video games and all that fun stuff. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. But uh, salad bowl game. The salad bowl, which was an actual thing. <laughs> um. The Salad Bowl was an annual postseason bowl that existed from 1948 to 1955. Well, not very long. No. 
And they uh, featured teams such as Nevada, North Texas State, Arizona, Drake, Xavier, Arizona State, Miami of Ohio, Houston, Dayton. And then we get in some really cool college names. You ready for these? Yeah. San Diego NTC, Camp Breckenridge, Hmm. Fort Ord, Great Lakes (laughs) NTS, the Skyline All-Stars, the Border All-Stars, the Border All-Stars, and the Skyline All-Stars. I don't know if it changed into an all, you know, like a, it must have been after 1954 when they stopped playing like real colleges. It became like an all-star game, but so there you go. But if you go to Tempe, um, Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe, Arizona, they proudly have up on the ring of fame, their victories in the salad bowl. (laughs) Their victories in the salad bowl. I cannot even. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) We have too many bowls. There's just too many bowls. Oh, no, 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 no. College football needs more bowls. College football uh, needs to have a lot more bowl games because it's great because I can watch, you know, pretty much every single one of them back to back to back to back, and that's that's incredible. See, I like football, but I'm not as crazy about it as a lot of people are. And, I, you know, I don't know. See, a lot I'm of people... Just- a lot of people, I think, like professional football. I, I like the NFL. It's okay. But I'd much rather watch college. I like college football. I do. But I just don't. I'm not as... Diehard as I am. Yeah. That's and fair. I don't understand all of it. Like, all the different rankings and Big 12 and who... like You know what I mean? I'm just... I mean, if I watched it more, I guess, and paid more attention, I would get it. But I just... I don't. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I, I, I totally understand. I totally understand. Let's uh because this is fun and I love doing this. We're gonna talk about defunct major college games, games that are no longer played. Oh okay. So, um you had the Aviation Bowl. You had the oh. Bacardi Bowl. <laughs> One of my personal favorites, the Blue Bonnet Bowl. Oh, that sounds nice. Right? Uh the Bluegrass Bowl. You had the Cherry Bowl, the Corn Bowl, the Delta Bowl, the Dixie Bowl, the Dixie Classic, the Freedom Bowl, the Gotham Bowl, the Harbor Bowl, the International Bowl, my one of my personal favorites, I'm so bummed it's gone, the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl. <laughs> you had the Los Angeles Christmas Festival Bowl. Oh, you had the Mercy bowl. bowl. You had the Oil Bowl, the Pineapple Bowl, the Poinsettia <laughs> Bowl. <laughs> The Raisin Bowl, the Salad Bowl, the Seattle Bowl, which Oregon played in and lost, um, the Shrine Bowl, and let's see here. Anything else that hops out at me? Nah. Wow. Um, yeah, and you even had com- uh, community college bowl games, including the Beef Empire Bowl. <laughs> Beef Empire. That's yeah. an important bowl. The Pilgrim's Pride Bowl. You know you're a big when you're a big donor when it's the Robert A. Botham Bulldog Bowl. <laughs> Bulldog Bowl really rolls off the tongue, though. Oh yeah, oh, it really does. It really does. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Those are FBS. Nobody cares about that. Um, <laughs> you want to take a guess at how many bowl games are played in the state of Florida? Now, hint: they have the most bowl games. How many would they? How many? How many? How many bowl games are in the state of Florida? Seven. Close. There were eight. Oh, I was really gonna say eight. I really was, and then I changed it to seven. There are seven in Texas. 
but they're ah. eight in Florida. Do you want to guess for me? Because I know that you don't follow this. This is really entertaining, by the way. <laughs> Give me at least one or two possible bowl games that could be played in the state of Florida. Orange Bowl. Yes, there's one. Uh, the Tostitos one. Tostitos Fiesta Bowl is played in Arizona. Dang. Uh, Cotton Bowl. Cotton Bowl's in Texas. Okay, I don't know. I give up. Okay, you have the Boca Raton Bowl. The okay, Camping World. Yeah, the Camping World Bowl. Oh. The Citrus Bowl. The Cure Bowl. My personal favorite, the Gasparilla Bowl. The <laughs> Gator Bowl. And the, the Outback Gator Bowl. Bowl. And the Outback oh. Bowl. Yeah. I should have guessed Gator and Citrus. Right. I got orange, so that's not too far from Citrus, but. <sighs> How many? Uh, here's a fun fact. Every bowl game is played beneath the 45th parallel. Hmm. On purpose? Uh, it's just the way it is. Interesting. You want to take a stab at the furthest northern bowl played in the continental United States? Uh, I don't know. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl in Boise, Idaho. Wow. Now, now you would think bowl games, warm weather, right? Destination to travel to, get your fans out there, go have fun in the Arizona desert or the warmth of Texas or the warmth of Florida. Hey, maybe your team is good enough to play in the Rose Bowl in Southern California, right? Beautiful weather, beautiful women. That's where we want to go. We're sending you to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl in Boise, Idaho, where chances are temperature will be 15 degrees and snow. <laughs> oh, and you, Bring play, your hand warmers. and you play in an outdoor stadium. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Why would you choose an outdoor stadium? Why would you make an outdoor stadium in a place that during football season is likely going to be cold and snowy? Because it's a chance to play one more football game. Hey, you know what? Anything for the football. Right. Well, like we said, Florida has eight. Texas has seven. Alabama, Arizona, California, and Louisiana each have three. Tennessee has two. And Tennessee's two are one's in Nashville, one's in uh, Memphis. Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada. New Mexico, New York, and North Carolina all host one bowl, respectively. I can't believe Oklahoma doesn't. No, Oklahoma does not host a bowl. Why? I don't know. You guys. Well, outside of Gaylord Memorial and is it Cowboy Stadium? No, In, Boone Pickens. Oh, Boone, oh obviously. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys have... Those are obviously the two biggest stadiums in the state of Oklahoma, but um, yeah, I don't know. I would think you guys would have one. I mean, Gaylord could hold a gazillion people. Yeah, it it's could. huge, and it does. It's huge, and the freaking jumbotron board—the new one—is like beautiful. there's times you can see it in more. Oh yeah. When it's real foggy, like it, that light comes right on <laughs> all the way up more. <laughs> It's just like it's you know what it is? It's a giant lighthouse guiding you home. <laughs> or a giant night light or something. Exactly. Could you imagine living like close to campus and having that thing just like shine through your window at all times? 
Right? I'd be like, let me get my blackout curtains for the nighttime. Right. <laughs> oh. I'm going through, I'm reading the names of the defunct bowls that no longer. The wheat bowl. The oh. refrigerator bowl. Oh, no. Sunflower bowl. Uh-huh. Pelican. Pecan. Pear. Uh, the optimist bowl. That's good. The grape bowl. The glass bowl. The fruit bowl. There's a fruit bowl. I knew that existed <laughs> at some point. I like glass bowl. Glass bowl is pretty cool. Played in Toledo, Ohio for three years, four years. What about the popcorn bowl? Uh, no popcorn bowl. Uh, there was a cigar bowl and a Cosmo bowl. Um, a Boot Hill Bowl, uh, and uh, Epson Ivy Bowl. Wow. Yeah. But Fruit Bowl's good. 1948 was the first game of an interracial college bowl game. Wow. Took place in the Fruit Bowl. There's your fun fact about bowl games. <laughs> I really like our, you know, football trivia we've got going on here. Right? This is B-Squared, your weekly weather football update. <laughs> <laughs> but weather-wise, I mean, we'll tie it back into weather here in a second. But, um, you know, like I said, none of these bowl games are played beneath the 45th parallel. And obviously weather is a big factor. Of course, when you play outdoors in Idaho in a mountain state, it's going to be cold and snowy most likely. Um, the Motor City Bowl, which is in Detroit, obviously is in a dome. And then you have the Pinstripe Bowl, which is played at Yankee Stadium, again, out in the elements. But besides those three bowls, everything is pretty much way south. And, yeah. you know, that's why that's why they put them on, because people want to go somewhere warm, because chances are it's cold and snowy where they live. Well, and I'll tell you what, Oklahoma probably gets the biggest mixed bag of weather during football season, because right. in the beginning of the season, you're out there in like 175 degrees, humid. Then it's there's times when it's raining, possible severe storms come through. Then there's really windy, cold days. Then there's like a nice day. Then there's like a misty day. And then there's like, hey, it's four degrees and it's snowing. And, you know, you just you really could experience all forms of weather in Oklahoma during football season out at the stadium. Right. And but hey, you do what you do for the Sooners. Are you got to, right? You have yeah, to. Yeah, 100%. And you pray that every time they bring the schooner out, they don't flip it. Yeah, you got to hope. You got to pray and cross your fingers. Please don't fall. Please don't fall. Yeah, because it's happened a couple times and <laughs> I don't I don't know if they're going to change it, but we'll find out. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they would unless they like Put a track down. Well, yeah, or or they just tell them, "Hey, don't don't take such tight turns." But right, uh, but like, you're also you're also dealing with live animals, so that's a whole different ball game than you know it being like a golf cart. So, which listen, I would not be opposed to Oklahoma using a motorized vehicle that looks like this, you know, that looks like a a sooner schooner. Yeah, just well, a little bit you know, safer. Yeah, and also let the animals live. Don't make them run around the field. They didn't ask for this. No, but it's what they're used to, though. It's what they're bred for. I mean, I suppose. Yeah, and I. They might like it. It's their job. Yeah, and I'm sure they're taken well care of. I hope so. They Uh, better be. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. Well, we don't have to turn this into an animal rights episode. No, no, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they have very nice stables on the campus of the University of Oklahoma. Um, That's kind of one of the things y'all do really well, so. 
Yeah, that's true. You know, our ag program, I'm sure, takes good care of them. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Um, you know, and we'll get into duck mask or mascots and other animals another time. But, <laughs> oh, man. So, forecast-wise, what do you guys have coming up for Oklahoma? I mean, not a lot. Some clouds here and there throughout the week. Highs in the 50s, cool off into highs into the 40s later this week, and that's it. No precip chances as of now. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it. So just some sweater weather, basically. Well, it sounds like you guys have a, you know, a rousing forecast coming up. Um, Mm -hmm. like we said, we talked about, you know, with the ghost images about people looking at weed and or farts on satellite. Um, (laughs) maybe a very slight chance of some clearing today. I'm looking outside. It looks like it's just, you know, fog sitting about a thousand feet up. Um, maybe a little bit of broken cloud tops here and there, but, uh, Rinse and repeat. We have another area of low pressure coming down the the coast, and it'll just spread rain in and a little bit of wind. We finally got wind above eight miles an hour, so they're able to live lift, or they're going to lift the air stagnation advisory. But oh, yeah, well that's good. I mean, for us, our wind has been unpredictable. It's been really calm, and then the next day it'll be like the wind is sweeping down the plane. You know, good. And uh, so that's always fun. Yeah, we, you know, because we're in a a pretty big valley, you know, we get this cold air that just kind of settles in, and then they get an inversion on top of it, so it holds in this fake cold, so we can have temperatures in the 30s and 40s, when yet, you know, up above, once you get into the mountains, it's, you know, sunny and 55, and it's gorgeous, but you get down to the valley, get underneath the inversion, that cap doesn't get broken, and it takes, you know, some pretty strong wind for it to finally get there and kind of blow things out. But, man, it's just... Well, if only we had something to stop our wind, because I put my trash cans out on Thursday night. Trash is picked up on Friday, and I had a little bit of an overflowing trash can. I get up the next morning, and, like, a whole bunch of my trash was blown out into my yard. I was like, it wasn't windy when I put this out. Right. Are you sure the trash pandas didn't get to it and spread it over your lawn? I hope not. It is winter. The trash pandas are supposed to be sleeping. Okay. Do raccoons hibernate? I don't know. I'm going to have to look this up now. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I think that they might. Let's look here. Do raccoons... First thing, do raccoons hibernate? They do not hibernate. They enter a state... Okay, so they don't hibernate. But they enter a state of rest that lasts throughout the colder months of the year, taking shelter as soon as the temperature drops below their preferred comfort level. I did not understand that trash pandas have a comfort level. Well, they're very selective creatures. Yes, they are, but I want to know now what their comfort level is. (laughs) That is the question that's going to be haunting me all day. Well, I think you should look that up because... If we're going to do football education, then we need to do trash panda <laughs> education. Oh, they weigh from anywhere um, from just a tenth of a pound at birth up to 20 pounds. Look, I think trash pandas are cute. I do, too. I do, too. Um, do you want to take a guess at their lifespan? 11 years. 1.8 to 3.1 years. Oh. Yeah. Little baby trash pandas. That's right. not very long. No. Do you spell raccoon with two C's or one? Uh, 
Two C's. Correct. But you can spell it with one. Well, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sometimes it says raccoon, Some sometimes spelled raccoon with just one C. Um, they will sleep for days or even weeks at a time during the cold winter months. They, animals that truly hibernate enter a deep sleep that can last nearly the entire winter. So, yes, they do not, um, they do not officially hibernate. They just rest. Okay, well, shouldn't they be resting and not getting into my trash? Yes, but if it's 55, they're probably within their comfort level. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. Oh, my gosh. I still can't believe that. (laughs) According to CritterControl.com, it says they, um, they take shelter as soon as temperatures drop below the preferred comfort level. See, now, do I need to leave a blanket out for the trash panda? Yeah, or like a space heater? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I'm thinking a space heater probably is what you need to do. <laughs> I have a family of raccoons living at my house now. Well, why? It's just because they need to be kept within a comfort level, and I feel bad yeah. for them. Right? Like, we're just being kind to the animals. Right. We do that here at B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. We love us some animals. We love our animals and we love our football. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And we love the weather occasionally. <laughs> well, what's up that's happening? Well, there's some weather to love. Right. That's very true. Um, well, yeah. So just rinse and repeat. Not a whole lot happening. Uh, we're waiting to see how much this Arctic air does make it uh, through the plains and the Midwest and out to the East Coast. But yeah, hopefully we get some uh, some storms brewing here because we're kind of in that time period now. You know, hey, we got people wanting to move around for Christmas, right? And it wouldn't be Christmas travel without major storms impacting. So that is very true. So by that statistic alone, there has to be some winter weather coming. Yes, and I'm sure there <laughs> will be very soon. Well, fingers crossed. <laughs> that is very. That also is very true. Another great edition of B Squared Your Weekly Weather Podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys with real weather next week. <laughs> Bye.